And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Baseball Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. Swings here and he drives one deep in the center. Puig is racing back, still going back. He looks up. It's gone! Over the center field wall for Hunter Pence. Pence will touch them all and score them all. A grand slam for Hunter Pence. It's not easy when it's tough. That's when you find out what you're made of. You get so much Brisby in your ears if you want it. If you want Brisby, oh gosh, you get it. Anybody want coffee? I'm making coffee. Anybody want? Yes! 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 I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. You're listening to The Baseball Barista with Hunter Pence and Grant Brisby on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode number three of The Baseball Barista with Hunter Pence and Grant Brisby. I'm Grant Brisby. I'm here with Hunter Pence. Hunter, how are you doing today? I'm doing outstanding. I'm here with my main man, Grant Brisby, talking baseball. It doesn't get much better than this, and uh, I'm pretty excited about the topics of the day. Yeah, the topics of the day. So we're going to you know, go through a little bit of a roundup, and you've got some thoughts on the divisions. I mean, it's early, but the division races are shaping up. I mean, you get to a certain point, and it, oh, it's early, but then like 5% of the season's gone, 10% of the season's gone. It catches up with you quickly. But first... You know, I want to talk about Pablo Sandoval's pinch hitting, two pinch hit home runs right now, because we don't know what's going to happen in a week, two weeks. Like right now, we know that he is giving the Braves what they signed him for. And I love hearing you talk about Pablo Sandoval. Like you just there's like infectious energy, recognize infectious energy. So talk about like pinch hitting and what he's doing. Is he someone who's like built for the role? Has he always been built for the role? Pablo, first and foremost, is so gifted with hitting with the bat. He's a, an incredibly like hard worker. And so I have an idea of like, like why Pablo is having such success. First of all, he's really talented. He's really good. But he's going to be in on the machines during the whole game, like setting up for who he may face, right? He's a switch hitter. You kind of have an idea of the bullpen guys. They're going to be telling him that. But he's sitting there setting up the machine to throw what he's looking for. He comes in very prepared. So I just know Pablo. I know how hard he works and how much he hits. The X factor of Pablo that's beyond just his amazing skill and talent and incredible defender, just some of the best hands, the best like tag guy like at third base like he will put a tag like it's actually a, an art of how to tag someone and to actually get the out like so many assists because pablo just knows how to block the bag and, and his hands are so good at like catch tag something that that goes unnoticed and nobody talks about but that he's insane at pudge rodriguez was another one that was insane at the catch tag and like doing the whole thing but He's prepared. He has this unbelievable energy in the dugout and charisma. And like, he's always laughing. He's always like messing with people. He's creating connections. He's bringing out your personality. And he's got like this swagger and this confidence and this energy that you feel in the dugout the whole time. He has an aura of confidence, charm. And it's just, it's just so the room changes when he enters it. 
I would think that that would translate to a pinch-hitting career or, you know, a pinch-hitting role, I should say. The game's on the line. You're facing one of the tough relievers uh, from either side of the plate, and you walk up like, you know, you got a little you got a little swagger going. You don't want to be up there and saying like, ah, gosh, this guy strikes out, you know, 15 per nine innings. Like, I can't hit this guy. You want to be Pablo. Like, throw it at my shoes. Throw it at my head. I'll, I'll, I'll swing. I'll hit it. I mean, there's all sorts of different personalities and, and different things. And like Pablo is definitely not the stressed pinch hitter. That's like pinch hitting is one of the, is so stressful. And Pablo, like, I feel like he's immune to stress. This dude is like laughing and having a good time in the face of death. Like he's just like, it doesn't matter what's coming. He's like, I'm going to get you. And if you get him, he like, can't believe it. He's like, I'm going to get you next time. <laughs> and that's like something that you just got to love about him. He's coming in and this dude is clutch and he he expects to be clutch and like the bigger the moment the better Pablo is like he's always been that way and like you know he has performed better in the playoffs than he's done in regular seasons and like so many walk-off homers and he just not only is he crazy good in the clutch but he has so much swag in the clutch too like he's like you know I'm watching him he's doing the soup and he's freaking doing the belt and he's got like he's just he's got so much freaking entertainment value I want to talk to you about the art, the magic, the science of pinch hitting in a little bit. I'm going to grill you on your own pinch hitting career. And uh, it seems as if (laughs) I'm going to be telling you things as opposed to you answering the questions back to me. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But first off, we're talking about Sandoval and the, the fun he's having, the joy he's bringing but the Braves aren't doing so hot. You know, the Braves are, are scuffing a little bit early in the season, and you have thoughts. You have thoughts about what's going on in baseball. You are nerding out on baseball like like we all are. <laughs> so, like, yeah, there's the initial wave, and, like, there's a lot of things that I'm looking at as I'm, like, following this, and I don't think that we've gotten into the heart of the season, but I think some of the, like, initial burst is, like, starting to level out. I have a lot of thoughts. The NL East is extremely interesting to me. The Braves, like you said, they're not off to a great start. I don't think we know. Like the Phillies were insanely hot. I think my prediction last week was that they were going to stay there, but they've leveled off. And two teams that are very interesting to me is like in that NL East is, you know, obviously the Phillies falling. The Mets though, missing the first series and then having to like sit around and, and like, and then now come back. They won a doubleheader on Tuesday, which was huge. And the Mets are looking like they're the team that's kind of like got somewhere to go. The Nationals really with that that initial, you know, getting frozen are really in a in a deep hole. But the Braves are still like hanging on. They still got tons of talent. They got pitching. But I'm definitely not as confident. I'm feeling the Mets right now. And, you know, the Phillies, I think, are kind of trending down. But anyway, that whole division, I still think the Braves and the Mets are now what I'm, what I'm who I'm really focused on. But it's a very exciting division. What are your thoughts on that on the NL East right now? The Mets are fascinating to me because, okay, so before the season, they they had some some bad news, injury news, and you're starting to think, well, you know, maybe this rotation is going to take some time to to coalesce. Not so much. And if you've got Marcus Stroman pitching the way he's he's thrown over his first two starts, that's going to be like, okay, now you've got like obviously a pair. You know, he missed all last season, but you got someone to pair with DeGrom. Uh, okay, this is interesting. Uh, but then you've got Taiwan Walker and he's throwing darts and he's throwing hard. And you're he always starting throws to see, hard. You know, he always throws. He's throwing harder than ever, you know. And so it's like. Okay, now this is this is getting really, really interesting. You know, when Carlos Carrasco comes back, you know, I know Noah Syndergaard's already throwing and throwing in the mid 90s, which for him is like, you know, sheesh, what's wrong with me? But, you know, so they're starting to build something. But even without Carrasco and Syndergaard, they're looking pretty darn good. And the Nationals, 
Wow, their their pitching has scuffled, you know, at the same time. So it, it's early. Anything can change. But we've got Strasburg. You've got Patrick Corbin scuffling. It starts to separate a little bit earlier. It come, It's harder to come back from that. Yeah, I think the NL East, we're going to have to keep a close eye on and, and see. I still think the Braves are going to make a push. I think it's just like it's a hurricane right now. It could go any direction. Like, we don't know which way these winds are going to go. Or a tornado, I think, would be better. Like, those things just bounce around. Some of the other divisions, I just love this division talk that are are, are really wild. AL West right now, I love that the A's have kind of, they turned it around real quick. Like, zero to 100 real quick. And, like, the Angels are are looking like they're, kind of hanging like they're doing the thing so like AL West talk to me wh- wh- who are you buying in the, in the AL West right now but I mean it's A's Astros and Angels last week the question was are the A's this bad and my answer was no the, no team is this bad like the, the 63 Mets aren't this bad so it's good to see them like there's some semblance of normalcy there you know ah, after getting cold water thrown on their face they're back they're winning a little bit the Angels fascinate me for a couple of reasons you know we talked about them last week but it's what if you know Otani is this guy you know you know Trout's going to be this guy what if the pitching rounds into form they spent some trade capital on the bullpen and Iglesias uh, so they've got they've got guys, they've got arms, but I don't look at their roster and say like, oh, yeah, I see how it's going. At the same time, I look at the Mariners and I watch the Mariners pretty closely over the opening series because they were facing the Giants. And like, I was sort of impressed with the Mariners. I was impressed with Chris Flexen, uh, Yusei Kikuchi. Like they've got a little bit of pitching. They have enough young players, veteran players that they're mixing in there. I wouldn't write them off just yet. At the same time, I can't really pick a a favorite in that division just yet you know who you didn't even mention with regards to the angels and you're like i don't buy into their roster you didn't even mention rendon true like what what otani (laughs) rendon trout yeah i mean that's a lineup that's a beastly like oh here's a a casual 300 million dollar third baseman that's a good point you know don't even mention him when you start with three players like trout rendon otani and that's 11% of a 26-man roster. So if you've got 11% of a 26-man roster with not just like pretty okay guys, but guys you think, obviously Trout is the inner circle of inner circle Hall of Famers. Uh, Rendon is is building one heck of a career. And Otani is this physical marvel. That's, you know, 11% of your roster every... Uh, okay, okay, you're right. My bad, my bad. I should have mentioned Rendon. He's a beast. They're all beasts. Jed Lowry, two years, kind of like injury prone, tough little run. But this dude is a ball player. When he's healthy, he changes the team. Like, and he's he's banging right now. So the A's are very intriguing to me just because Melvin, they always get there. They got this like young core. They got the Olsen. They got Chapman. They find a way to pitch. There's something they do right in the front office with the, with Melvin, with the pitching staff. There's something they just do right. So if I'm picking my AL West team right now, and with that terrible start, I'm picking the A's. I picked the Astros to begin, but I don't know. That's my pick. When I saw that the Mets signed Jed Lowry uh, before the 2019 season, I thought that was a heck of a move. I thought this is exactly, you know, he's versatile. He's going to play here. He's going to hit this. He's going to age gracefully because he has such control of the strike zone. He has such a plan for hitting. He got eight plate appearances in New York. And... I felt for the guy. By all accounts, he's he's popular in the clubhouse. He's uh, just a professional hitter. But maybe there's something like, you know, like uh, Superman and the Earth's yellow sun. Like when he puts on that green and gold A's jersey, like maybe there's just something imbued in that jersey because he looks outstanding. 
He's aligned with the Oakland frequency because he yeah. always crushes in Oakland. He always has that big year, all-star year. They just get it done. So I think that that's a very exciting one. Now I'm going to get to a, a, a team that nobody's even looking at, that nobody gives any credit. I was watching the rankings, and they started the season at 22. And they're playing really well, super winning. They won a series against one of the teams in the top three, or apparently top five. And they stay ranked 22. They don't even move them. When the Cincinnati Reds jump like 10 spots for the same dang record, the San Francisco (laughs) Giants, baby, playing some ball. They got some ball players, and nobody's even looking, saying nothing. It's all Padres, Dodgers. But the Giants are good. You know, listen, I am a little too close to the team to be unbiased. I know I'm supposed to be objective. I do my darn best. Are we supposed to be objective? Because I'm not. (laughs) Everyone knows I'm not really, but I try to be. And I I think I do a decent job of it. But at the same time, I've watched a lot of baseball teams and I've watched decades of Giants teams. And what this Giants team has is it doesn't have the superstar necessarily, like a player performing at a Barry Bonds level. Uh, Buster Posey, you know, he was an MVP in 2012, but they don't have like the Mike Trout, but they don't have a bad player on the roster. There isn't a player there that's like, eh, get used to it. don't get used to it, buddy, because you're going to be back in Sacramento in no time. Like, they can come up and every pinch hitter, you say, oh yeah, this guy should be pinch hitting. Every reliever, even if he's scuffling a little bit, you can say, yeah, I see why this guy's on a major league roster. Every starter, no matter, you know, if, if he's healthy, you say, yeah, I get why this guy's in a rotation. There isn't like that guy who just, or guys who shouldn't be there for any reason. And that kind of depth is important. It's not like sexy, but it's important. Listen, they have a mathematical genius as the GM that's, you know, put like, and they have guys that like are incredibly intelligent running the pitching staff. They're looking at like weird things that not everyone's looking at. I think there's a couple other teams that are doing like that whole math thing and are very good at it. The Dodgers are insane at it. You know, Farhan, he's getting guys that do the little things right. Like you don't really like no names are jumping out at you. Like, whoa, whoa, Acuna, Tatis, boom, bang, bang. They're running right-handed lineup, left-handed lineup. They're doing the matchup thing. There's tons of pinch hitting going on here. Speaking of pinch hitting, like as soon as a, a lefty comes in, with like righty starter, lefty comes in, they're like pinch hitting everyone. The whole that next lineup's coming in. So like all of these guys, like it, it's super crazy, but they all are going to give crazy good at bats and they're going to be put in a situation where they're at the advantage. All of the pitchers, they have either some crazy spin rate they're taught exactly what the numbers are on all of their pitches and they have all of the information. They're a little bit edge up before the game even starts because they have so much information and they have such smart people building this outline for each game. That's exactly right. And I, I'm glad you brought that up because there is this mentality and, you know, it goes all the way back to Moneyball when this is published almost at the turn of the millennium where everyone's like stats, 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 stats. And I think baseball's moved on from that a little bit. It's not just as simple as pulling up fan graphs and, oh, is on base percentage is X. It's moved on to this hybrid of you've got data. How do you translate that into like physical ability? How can I get the spin rate? How can I get the swing path? Like it's not just stats, it's data. They take this and they say, okay, we've got this guy. He does this thing well. This is unique. We can use this to have an advantage over our opponents. Yes, there's a ton of data going on with the Giants and they're putting that data, you know, those those spin axes, those pitch, and they're lining them up with where they're going to succeed. Now, here's my question that I think that's so fascinating about following the Giants this year and following 
you know, they're doing really good and they play good defense and they, and they, they put those matchups out there, but the human element is where it gets a little weird and iffy. It's like, let's say Dickerson and you got Dickerson and rough roughs great against lefties Dickerson great against righties, but you lose the whole like, like rhythm and timing and human ism of playing every day, figuring out what the team's like a lot of times in game one of a series, you figure out kind of what the team is going to throw you because each team kind of has like, oh, against so-and-so, we're going to do, you know, sliders are early, fastballs in off the plate, whatever. Or this other team is like, we want to attack him with, you know, we want to pitch him very, like, get him to chase. So, like, you can kind of build from game one what the team is going to do against you and take advantage of it later. But you don't get that when it's righty-lefty matchups. But, Grant, and this is why I want to get your take, and, and this is one of the things that I think is a strength if your players really can buy in, and it's that's super tough to get. Like, because, you know, in the major leagues, it's a business and buying into playing half the games is very tough to do because it's just bad for your career. But if you really can buy in and you just set your whole thing on, I am going to absolutely annihilate lefties and I'm going to set the machine every day. I'm going to get the angle. I'm going to match my barrel is going to do what it needs to do to only hit lefties and only hit these certain pitches. And this is kind of what I got to do with the Rangers at the start of the season. It was just like, you're only hitting lefties. So I literally locked in on how to annihilate lefties. And that was all I focused on. And I destroyed them. I mean, I wouldn't say destroyed them, but I like, I hit really well off of them. So like, if you can get everyone to buy into that, which is hard to do, but if you do, you can create this like monster lineup that's ready for the matchup. And it doesn't matter if you know what's coming or not, you know how to hit any lefty that's throwing any pitch. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I would say that last season, the second half of last season in September, the first half of the season for the Giants, this weird mutant 60-game season, was a really, really, really hard to watch. And it was a new manager trying to figure out his players. It's players trying to figure out a new manager. It's Kevin Gausman, you know, trying to get back on the free agent market and wondering why he's getting pulled with 80 pitches. It just wasn't coalescing. And then all of a sudden, it started working. And the plans started working. The matchup started working. The guys who were brought in to match lefties started mashing lefties. The guys who were brought in to mash righties started mashing righties. The Giants became not just like a functional lineup. They became like a top tier lineup. And that confidence going into the offseason, now you can say if you're Darren Ruff, Okay, I kind of get it. You know, I kind of, I'm, I'm buying in a little bit. You know, you've got Alex Dickerson going, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I kind of get it. And then you also have, you know, they're not, it's not like orthodox because I think the plan is Austin Slater 
get him against more righties. Get him into that state, that everyday state that you're talking about where you know the plan against you. I think they have that plan for Slater. Yastrzemski made that transition from platoon guy to everyday guy. So they're not orthodoxy, but they're still, I think they would get some buy-in because it, it worked last year, the second half. I think they balanced the human element a little bit, you know, like, for instance, like letting Johnny Cueto throw 100 pitches and like trusting your, your like big dogs. Like this is the leader in the clubhouse. If you you got to get them on board. And I think they're kind of like finding that balance and letting people earn their credit. And like, you know, Yaz and Longo, they're going to play every day or whatever. And then the rest of you, you got to earn your everyday playing time. If you like if you just start going bananas, then you'll face whoever. It's difficult. But anyway, it's interesting. It's interesting for me to lead. And I want interesting for me to watch. I want to see how this progresses over 160, how the whole data that whole system works. So definitely overstate our boundaries there, but it's interesting stuff to me. It's very interesting. Do you think right now, and I know no one, I, I, I feel like this is too easy of a question, but do you think the Giants will make a playoff push this year? A push? Sure. I think it's important. Farhan said, hey, it's not just about making the playoffs and winning the World Series. Like, it's also about keeping fans engaged through August, through September. I do think fans will be engaged, checking the standings, you know, where, where they are on the wild card. What are, the, what are the Padres doing? You know, what are the Brewers doing? What are the, the Reds doing? That sort of stuff. I still think it's a tough ask. They have to be better than four teams because with two wild cards, they have to be better than one of these four teams. The Padres, the Dodgers, the Braves, the Mets. Now, they would also have to be better than a lot of other teams, you know, the Reds, the Cardinals, the Brewers, whatever, to get a second wild card slot. But if you just narrow it down to four teams, you know, which of these teams are the Giants going to be better than? It's a tough sell. And that kind of makes you realize how tough the NL is this year. I think they're going to be in it. I think they're going to be in it. They're making some noise right now, and I think they're going to get better. That's just my take. Let's move to the AL East, which is actually yeah. very yes. very interesting right now, too. We need to mix in a fun segment, by the way. We need to get the Ask Hunter. We need to get the coffee going. But before we get there, Grant, let's hit up, let's hit up the Yankees. Let's hit up the AL East. The Red Sox, baby. The Red Sox are doing some work. I don't know who's pitching for them, but they're hitting. Every day I look, <laughs> J.D. Martinez, like three million homers. Yeah, no, this is, it's funny that they're like the parallel with the Giants because they're, they're the team that matches up with them and the all-star voting. Like you vote for the Giants and vote for the Red Sox. We're teaming up and, and they have the, the kind of championship free history until all of a sudden they're winning championships, you know, with, with some regularity. And so the Red Sox, it's funny because no one gave the Red Sox a chance and you're looking at the names on the, the roster and some of them, you know, J.D. Martinez, you mentioned, of course, Devers, you know, uh, Xander, like these guys are supposed to be there, supposed to be still performing at something of a star level. But the, just all around, they're getting support. They're getting bullpen work. I mean, Matt Barnes has 12 strikeouts in six innings. Uh, the only base runner. He's faced 19 batters. He's allowed one walk. Uh, that's like dominance. And if you have a bullpen, if you can just have a, your starter be functional, get to the fifth, sixth, seventh inning and turn it over to a bullpen that that's doing what they're doing right now, you're going to have a winning record. Like the thing for me with bullpen and, and like I'm all in on like that being one of the most important, most underpaid positions because like the only bullpen that really gets super paid is closer you know but if i'm coming into gm i'm putting money tons of money into bullpen and defense like they don't all have to be the closer just shut down the seven eighth and ninth because as a team it breaks your back to like fight your tail off for six seven eight innings have a lead and then just lose the game like i know it's super hard and it's like tough but like the confidence and the momentum that you get from like I remember just in 12, 13, 14, 15 or whatever with the Giants bullpen and the core four, as soon as we get a lead, it's over. And if we're close, we're going to come back and get a little lead and then it's over. And that confidence, it makes it almost seem easy. And where it's like, 
crazy difficult where like you're like nervous every time in the in the seventh eighth ninth inning like you're like oh no we got to score like a, mi- a million more runs because it's not over yet it's a big big difference it's a spirit like enhancer versus like deflated spirit guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort but it's possible to have it both ways i'm all set for summer thanks to mac weldon the vesper polo shirt is so breathable you can wear it on the golf course but it looks classy enough to wear to a party the maverick tech chino short is ultra flexible and the pima crew neck t-shirt is perfect for those casual weekends there's no need to be uncomfortable in your clothing ever again. Some guys just want to look good without calling attention to themselves. Mack Weldon Apparel gives you understated good looks for understated confidence. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. Crazy comfortable but elevated sweatpants. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads. An ultra-soft antimicrobial tee for when you need to stay fresh longer. That's the Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code MLBSHOW. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Promo code MLB show. It seemed like the 2014 Royals and then the championship 2015 Royals kind of changed the game, the postseason, because, you know, it's not as if teams were unaware of bullpens before that. Everyone realized that if you had not just a good bullpen, but like a wildly crazy dominant bullpen to where you start worrying about it in the fourth inning, it can go a long way. If it's a seven inning game, it's crazy. Get you three. You need four just bangers and like you don't need like all aces or even like like maybe one or one or two good starting pitchers but like just guys that keep you in the game and then boom like it's over they really did the royals ran off of that bullpen so did the giants so when we won our world series it was like it had nothing to do with me it was our bullpen Right. When the Giants were doing it, it was very much, you know, you would have, bizarrely enough, a different closer every every run, but like you would have your eighth inning guy, your every ninth inning guy, Athel would be good for a couple innings. Then it's like the, the Royals come in and you've got Holland, you've got uh, Wade Davis, and now you're starting to see it two innings, you're starting to stretch them out a little bit. And then by the time you get to, you know, what the Rays are doing and, and what the, the Red Sox were doing in their latest championship run, like they're stretching guys and they're taking October to just pull these guys, you know, Ivaldi just like pull pulling them as far as they can go. I wonder if that's going to change, if they're going to like, you know, go back to more defined roles or if just from now on October baseball is just, Hey, we're throwing relievers at you. Get used to it. But remember like, even like the Dodgers last year, if you watched a lot of that series, dude, Urias, Urias was like killer, man. He was like, your closer has to end team seasons. And Urias kept being like, like he was the one ending team seasons. And he was not just like, like he was pulling like kind of the bum garner, like, I'm going to close out the last five innings of this game or the last three innings of this game. And once he got in rhythm, like he was just killing. He was so hot and so clutch at that time. Like nobody was touching him. And if they don't have that, we could be watching a different story. So like he was like a very big unsung hero. Just like, like I would say even you Smyro Petit in 2014, just absolutely unsung hero. These sneaky bullpen guys, you got to find that guy that's hot and let him ride. 
All right, we are going to have a new segment coming up that we're going to need your help, specifically the listeners uh, at home. It's going to be Ask Hunter. It's going to be hashtag Ask Hunter. Ask something on Twitter. Ask it on Instagram. Be respectful, please. And But just Ask Hunter, uh, what, what, what do you want to ask Hunter Pence? You want to ask him, uh, what kind of coffee is he drinking? Is he a light roast man? Is he a dark roast man? Is he, uh, what's his favorite ballpark to play in? What's his favorite board game these days? Ask Hunter. And I'm sure we can riff on a lot of stuff right now i'm just going to give a sample of what video games are you playing today hunter you know that's a great question grant if you call it a video game the game i'm playing is magic the gathering arena online i've been running tournaments on thursdays it's been great i've been streaming it thanks for that great question magic the gathering i bought isaac rebirth or something or oh, okay yeah, yeah binding of isaac binding of isaac rebirth i've been messing around a little bit with that I don't really know what I'm doing yet. Uh, I just saw <laughs> like a bunch of people streaming it. So I was like, I'm going to check this out. And it kind of feels like the, I like the roguelike games. And then I'm watching a lot of League of Legends. I might sneak in some League of Legends here, but so many good games these days. 2021 is a good time to live. What are you playing? Yeah, so I've, here, I'll answer this because it does tie into this. I've never played Magic the Gathering, but nothing has gotten me more intrigued than the game I play now. Because I used to be, I used to play this game, that game. I used to, the new games I would sort of be in on. About a year ago, I picked up Slay the Spire, okay? Oh! And, and so Slay the Spire is kind of like, it's a deck building game. I've played it's Slay like, the Spire. Like, it's great for flights. It's taken over. My Switch has become a Slay the Spire machine. And like, it's all I play. I'm, I'm playing for challenges. I'm, tr I'm trying to get to Ascension 20 on all four characters. Like, I'm just totally, I've never geeked out on a game like this before. It's just become my game. It's the only game I play. And sometimes I have to snap myself out of it and, and break it up a little bit. But that's the one that I'm playing these days. Yeah, if you like Slay the Spire and you learn Magic the Gathering, like it's over. It's a high barrier to entry. It's hard to learn. But once you learn it, it's tough to leave because it's like always changing. And it's just, yes, it's so like, it's so it's it's very deep, like Slay the Spire, but maybe even more deep and against an opponent, you know, like I love Slay the Spire. That's a really fun game. Have you played Hades on your Switch yet? I have not. See, that's the thing. It's because my Switch has become a Slay the Spire machine. I, everyone's talking about Hades and I go, oh, God, I got to try that. I got to try that. I got to try that. So that's probably next on my list. I know the feeling, though, when you like really love a game and you're like this, like my free time is just this is so much more important than trying something new because I like I love that like this grind in this build. So I get I get it. I understand when you got your game and you're and you're happy. You're like, I'm happy. I don't need to change. I don't need to play Hades. Oh man, I've never been like that. I've always wanted the new game. I've always floated around anyways. But that's what a Ask Hunter experience is going to be like. So send us your questions on hashtag Ask Hunter. Just whatever's on your mind. I don't know, try the video game question again in a couple weeks. It's probably going to change. We started with pinch hitting talk. And so we didn't have an Ask Hunter today. So the video games is one. But I wanted to do like Hunter Pence trivia. Specifically, Hunter Pence pinch hit trivia. Because it's fascinating to me to know how much minutia players know about their own careers, how much of a memory, you know, they have, oh yeah, that was uh, 2015 against uh, blah, blah, blah. And you've sort of expressed that maybe that's not what your memory is like. Is that correct? My memory of pinch hitting is, is like very bad. Like I can't really, it's all a blur, but like if I was to guess, I would say early in my career, pretty good middle career, pretty bad. And then late career, like just the Rangers really pretty good. In the beginning, you know, you're an everyday player, you're a young player, you're playing every day, you're not pinch hitting a lot. You know, then all of a sudden, 2018, you're moving into a different role, you start with like 43, you've got 40, you're a pinch hitter now, you know, you've got to learn. That was horrible, that was horrible pinch hitting, <laughs> 2018, and that's like the, the most pinch hits I think I had, so I'm going to say I was a really bad pinch hitter. 
you were fine overall. You had a close to an 800 OPS as a starter. You had a 746 OPS as a pinch hitter. So it's, you know, that's a small sample. So you were basically the same guy. In your estimation, how many pinch hit appearances did you have in your career? Uh, 80. That's pretty good. 87. 87. Do you remember who your first pinch hit was against? No idea. This is Ben Sheets in 2008. Do you remember facing Ben Sheets? I remember facing him. He's nasty. <laughs> yeah. And he he's a good. starter. Why the hell was I facing Ben Sheets with a pinch hit? He must have been rolling. Yeah, he rolled us, man. He was spin rate or before people knew about spin rate, man. Four seams up, curveballs down. That's fascinating. Like, I think Mike Kruko was talking about on the telecast the other day. It's like, I don't know what Nolan Ryan's spin rate was in his curveball, but I can tell you it's probably pretty freaking good. You know, like, who are these spin rate yeah, wizards that yeah. we still have the data for? How many pinch hit home runs did you have in your career? Uh, two. You had four. And now I'm going to ask you who your first pinch hit home run was against. This is a good one. No idea. Jake McGee. No way. Jake McGee, the current giant, man. He's, he's I wonder what people. he's up to these days. Yeah, he's looking good, man. So you hit a pinch hit home run to give the Giants the lead, which sounds like a great story, right? We lost that game, I remember. Father's Day in 2017, it always comes back to Nolan Arenado because that was the Nolan Arenado Father's Day. Was it a grand slam to complete the cycle? Yeah, something I don't even know. But yeah, I remember I remember I remember taking the lead and like being all pumped. Like I was like so primed. Like I think I knew I was facing McGee and I set the T high and I was just envisioning a high pitch, high pitch. I was taking it out. I was catching out front, catching out front, catching out front, catching out front. And I was just I get like super locked in in my mind, like visualizing what I'm gonna get and way out ahead of it when I'm pinch hitting, like when I do it right. And uh, yeah, I remember that. And I remember losing afterwards, like being all like rock star, like we're going to go, we're going to go home. And then Arenado just like wasn't having it. It was his day. As a father, you know, after that game, I was like opening up homemade t-shirts and homemade cards and like going, oh man, this is just adorable. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And in the back of my mind, I'm going like, gosh, dang it. That stunk. Oh boy. So he, he ruined my day. I think he hates fathers. I think that's, we can, I guess going to write that down in pen. Maybe it's just Colorado fan fathers, you know, but oh, yeah. it, talk about an emotional roller coaster from down to up to down. And once again, when you have a bullpen that shuts it down, man, it's a spirit killer or a spirit uplifter. All right. Well, this has been episode three of the Baseball Barista. Thanks so much for listening. And don't forget, Ask Hunter, Twitter, Instagram, hashtag Ask Hunter. Give us some questions. Give us some good stuff, stuff to talk about. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening, and we will be back next Thursday. Thanks so much. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 